Hey there, everybody. Listen, um, I am so excited to bring you this message today. Hey, let's just dive right into it. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Listen, all of 21, uh, so far we have been talking about the promises of God. We started with the promises of God are yes and amen. And we have just been every single week a promise. Every single week a promise from the word of God. And this last week, we have been standing on the promise of John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave. He loved and he gave. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And today, we're taking the next step. Now, interestingly enough, we have already been in 2 Corinthians 9 for another promise, just a couple verses past this. But we wanted to step into this at this particular time, and I just believe this is, a, this, is a, this is God's timing. This is an encounter with the Holy Spirit that He is putting this together for us. But 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6 is where we're going to be reading. That's our promise this week. Now listen, this message is aimed at the following. Number one, all of us, <laughs> okay? That covers Everybody. Sometimes when a message comes forth, we're like, man, I wish so-and-so was listening to this or man, so-and-so needs to hear this. And sometimes we miss what God's trying to say to us. So first off, it's for all of us, which covers everyone. Covers you, covers me. But specifically, this message is aimed at those of us who have compared ourselves with others. Maybe diminishing our own gifts and our own abilities, thinking we have little to offer. It's also targeted to those of us who felt God's call to take a next step, but due to fear, we began to make excuses and we ran from it, okay? Then it's those of us who have tried to respond to God's call yet experienced failure. Has that ever happened to you? You responded to God's call and boom, failure hit you right away and we fell short. Maybe we gave up. And it's also targeted to those of us who have given up because of past failures and now we feel as if God cannot use us in our present condition. Has that ever been you where you just fall flat on your face and maybe you just blew it and you're like, man, how could God use me now? Well, listen, when you get into the word of God, what you find out is you don't find a bunch of uh, hierarchical figures with these massive titles who are just perfect people. You find very broken people who have failed miserably but yet got back up put their eyes on the Lord and move forward. And that's what we want to be. We want to be those kind of people, looking unto Jesus, focused, no distractions. So 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 says this, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. The Amplified Version says it this way. Remember this. He who sows sparingly and grudgingly will also reap sparingly and grudgingly. And he who sows generously that blessings may come to someone will also reap generously and with blessings. So the moment I started to say sowing and reaping, our mind kind of shifts and goes towards Money. Well, I want to tell you that that's not what this message is about today. Do finances play a part in this? Absolutely. But that's not what this message is directed uh, specifically at. And there's two things that we have to understand when we talk about this promise specifically. Number one is this. Ownership is with God. 
You have to understand, if you're going to get this promise, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly, he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. If we're going to get this promise and we're going to receive everything that God has in this promise for us, then we have to understand this. Ownership is with God. Every created thing ultimately belongs to him. Everything material, immaterial, we may personally have in this life, possessions, careers, families, he is our creator. He is our father. Ownership is with God. And when you understand that, that will transform your life. Listen, the responsibility as provider, right, falls on him. Why? Ownership is with God. And if we believe that and we speak that and declare that, if we live in that truth, then guess what? The responsibility as provider therefore falls on God. It doesn't fall on you. If ownership is with God, then provision falls on God. That's on him. Yes, we, we, we work and we do, but ownership is God's. And if we live that truth, then we realize that everything we have is not ours anyway. Which brings us to the second truth that you have to understand in this promise. Stewardship is with us. Ownership is with God. Come on, say it with me. Put it in the chat. Ownership is God's. All right? Put it in the chat right now. Ownership is God's. It's all His. Now put this in the chat. Stewardship is mine. Ownership is God's. Stewardship is mine. Listen, God's given us a vision here at the Healing Place, but it's not really our vision. It's God's vision. And we're just here to steward what God has told us. We're here to, to take our gifts and our abilities and what God has put in us and what he's given to us to give back to him and to steward what he's given us. We are not owners. We're stewards who have been given responsibility before God for how we use what he has given us. He owns it. We steward it. He gives it to us. And now we have a responsibility of how to use what he has given us. When we understand this owner-steward relationship we have with God, then it becomes easy to sow bountifully and cheerfully. Because now I realize when I give to the Lord, whatever I give, if it's my time, if it's my, my profession, if it's my family, if it's finances, if it's my possessions, as, as now I understand when I give, it's not mine anyway. So I'm not trying to hold back now. I can give bountifully. Why? Because it's not mine. It's the Lord's. Now, what does our stewardship cover? Well, there's, there's some things that our stewardship covers. It's not just money. Listen, those that are out there touting that, you guys need to turn that stuff off because we're missing the bigger picture. You know what? One of the greatest things that you have to steward, your life. Like Acts 17, 1 Corinthians 6, Galatians 2, Job 33, just for a couple examples. Our life. We are to steward our life. Why? Because God gave us our life. He created us in his own image. Our life is his. And it's been given to us to steward. That means everything in my life is a gift from God that he has given me to steward my life. And I can tell you, for 25 years, I stewarded it horribly. And I paid the price. And I wanted to blame God and I wanted to blame parents and I wanted to blame family and I wanted to blame people who betrayed me. But ultimately, the failure fell on me because I did not steward my life well. I did everything I could to destroy it, to destroy what God had given me, right? 
So your stewardship covers your life. What else? Your time. We all have 168 a week, 168 hours. Do the math. How many hours do you spend doing this? How many hours do you spend doing that? How many hours do you spend doing that? You've been given time so that you can steward it. You can't get any more or any less. Everybody has 24 hours a day. No matter who you are, where you are, 24 hours a day is what you've been given. What are you doing with it? Sometimes the level of, of people's success is what are they doing with the time that they have? Not that they're doing 20 hours more than you are, or they're doing 16 hours, but what are they doing with the time they have? So many times we think that somebody that lived 90 years had, had a greater life than somebody who lived two years. Well, who said that? If that two-year-old lived their life to the fullest and every second and every minute mattered, that 90-year-old may not have lived their life that way and they may not have gotten the most out of their life. So who is more successful? God's given us time to steward that time. Psalm 90, Ephesians 5. Then our talents, our abilities. What's God put in us? Creativity, ability, giftings. What has God given to us? 1 Peter 4 says something about that. 1 Corinthians 12 talks about that. But our talents and our abilities. God has given you talent and ability. What are you doing with it? Are you hiding it away because you're fearful of when he comes back? There's, something, there's a parable in the word of God that has something to do with that. Are you hiding it away? Are you tucking it away for the moment? Listen, the moment is now. It is right now. Stop waiting for 10 years down the road. Listen, if you're a young person, stop waiting to become an adult to use your gift and your ability. Man, we got young people here that are playing instruments, that are singing, that are working cameras, that are, that are doing media. Why? Because they have a gift to do it. They have time that they can invest. They have a life that can be invested. Why wait until you're an adult to do something you can do right now? What else does our stewardship cover? Our possessions, what we have, our vehicles, our, our homes, whatever you have to be a steward over that. Listen, if, if you have a car, you've been, you're, you're a steward over that. If that red flashing light's going off, don't let it just go off. Do something about it. Steward that thing, right? Take care of it. Don't be reckless. Don't be driving 95 miles an hour down the highway, weaving in and out of traffic. That's bad stewardship, much less against the law. Come on, y'all, right? Stewardship, our possessions, but it's not ours. It's the Lord's, and therefore, I'm going to take care of it, right? Then our finances. Yes, our finances. I said it. Our finances. Take a breath. Exhale. We blow more money on stuff that doesn't matter than... I mean, it's crazy. And then all of a sudden we start talking about money in, in church or the things of God and we get all uptight. It's like, come on, guys, let's grow up. Let's mature. Man, the money God has blessed me with, not a lot, not a lot in my own mind. But what's been given to me is the Lord's. And therefore, when I give to him, I'm not looking at it going, oh, I can't. I can't, I, I can't give that. I need to hold on to that. And, it, and God's not holding on to that dollar bill trying to rip it out of my hand because I want to hold on to it. I'm like, man, take it, Lord, because you're going to be able to do way more with it than I could ever do. Right? Our finances. And then here's one nobody talks about. What does your stewardship cover? The mysteries of God. That's Bible 101, guys. Unto us has been given what? The mysteries of God. Are they ours? No, they're the mysteries of God. But why have they been given to us? To steward them. What does that mean? That means this right here, the preaching of the gospel. 
we are being a steward right now to bring you the word of God. We are stewarding. It's not ours. This isn't our message. This is the Lord's message. I never really understood that anyway. It's like my message and my message and my message. No, it's the Lord's message. We're just being good stewards and we're just bringing it to you. God has given you insight through the Holy Spirit and through his word to the mysteries of the kingdom that the unbeliever does not understand and God is asking you to use it, to speak it, to declare it, to be a good steward of what he has given you. You see, God's given each of us something that we can use for him. And all too often we fail to recognize it or we belittle the thing that God has given to us because we're comparing it to what others have. And we forget this. Listen, write this down. Sowing is worship. Sowing is worship. When you see it that way, right? Sowing is worship. It's not just something we do. It's something we're giving to the Lord. Listen, Moses was a man that God had chosen from the beginning. He protected him from the beginning. Miracle preservation as a baby, protecting him throughout his life. And as Moses grew up, he began to feel there was something he could offer God. And through hardship and one epic, epic failure. Can anybody feel that, right? One epic failure. We find him in chapters three and four of Exodus having lost his purpose and passion. He's lost his purpose and passion. And God comes to him at age 80. And Moses is ready not to do what God's called him to do. He's ready with all the excuses of why it wouldn't work and how he is the wrong guy. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Man, we're sitting on ready, not to say yes to the Lord, but to tell the Lord why it won't work and why it needs to be somebody else. Somebody else who has, who, has, uh, who has more than we have. Somebody else who has more gifts than we have. Somebody else, somebody else, somebody else, somebody else. But the Lord said, no, I'm talking to you. Moses came up with all the excuses. Let me just give you these real quick and I'm gonna condense it for you guys. But first he says, who am I? Who am I? Exodus chapter three. Who am I? God comes to him and says, listen, here's what I want you to do. And God's already told Moses who he is in God, that God had created him, that God had kept him. God's already spoke all that to him and shown him that. And what is Moses saying when God comes to him and says, hey, here's what I want you to do? He says, who am I? He had no sense of value. He felt useless, like he had nothing to contribute. But God often sees things in us that we do not see in ourselves. God comes to Gideon in this crazy moment of epic failure, lowest place of his life. And God says, hey, mighty man of valor, what are you talking about, Lord? Seriously, I am a coward. I'm hiding from the enemy. I feel worthless. I have no worth at all. You can't use me. There is no way you can use me. Look at me, Lord. I'm in the lowest place in my life. And God doesn't come to him and say, oh, you failure. What are you doing? He says, mighty man of valor. Why? Because that's who God called him to be. God doesn't come to you and call you what you think you should be called. God comes to you and calls you who he created you to be. That's why we say, be who God created you to be. Identity, know what God is saying. Relationship, do what God says, purpose. Identity, right? Relationship, purpose. Be who God created you to be, not who you think you are. Come on, right? God's like giving him the greatest lesson on self-esteem. He's like, it doesn't matter who you are. It matters who I am. And when you step into who I've called you to be, then all that will be washed away. But then Moses says, Exodus chapter four, they will not listen to me. 
He had already made up his mind he was going to fail. Moses had experienced one huge failure in his life, but Satan used it to beat him down for 40 years for it. One epic failure, and Satan used it to beat him down for 40 years. Has that ever happened to you? One epic failure, and maybe even today, you're still living in that epic failure. Satan has used it to beat you down for years. Why? Because you allow him to. You got to shut that off. So Moses, instead of going, yes, Lord, I'm with you. Come on, let's go. He's like, who am I? They're not going to listen to me. Then in Exodus 4.10, listen to what he says. I cannot speak well. Like I, I freak out. Like I could never do it. When I, when I stood up in my college class to give a speech, I just melted. I couldn't even get up in front of my elementary class and say anything. I just have this fear of public speak. I cannot speak well. We act as if God is going to accomplish everything in the natural, only with our natural abilities. And we forget this. When you sow to the spirit, you reap the eternal. When you sow in the flesh, you reap in the flesh. But when you sow in the spirit, what's that mean? When you sow in the supernatural, you reap the supernatural. That means the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And yes, they are still active and blasting this world apart today. God's people are still all over this earth functioning in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, speaking things that they don't understand or didn't know, speaking and declaring things, doing things that are beyond their natural abilities. Why? Because they have given themselves to the Lord first. Moses is coming up with all these excuses. I cannot speak. And he doesn't think that God can use him supernaturally. I cannot speak well. And the Lord's like, I didn't ask you if you could speak well. <laughs> I know you can't speak well. I created you. <laughs> like, why are, we t- why are we making excuses to the Lord? He already knows it. Why are we telling him? He already knows it. But he's asking you to do something because he's not just talking about using your natural gifting, but he's talking about anointing you supernaturally with his power. Then Moses kicks into maybe the biggest one of all. We use this all the time. Someone else would be better. Exodus 4.13. Moses believed that there were many others with more talent, ability, resources, and they were more qualified. Let me just tell you this. One-on-one today, okay? Don't look for others to do what God has called you to do. You do it. Don't look to other people to do what God's telling you to do. You do it. There isn't someone else better. That's why God's calling you. God's got that thing for you. He's got that purpose for you. And then Moses comes with something that, man, is kind of on the edge. Exodus chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. I told you so. Like he's coming back to God and going, see, look. Turned out exactly the way I said it. If I'm a deliverer, shouldn't somebody be getting delivered? (laughs) Like he's like, you're saying I'm this deliverer, but nobody's getting delivered. Like what's going on? And it's almost like this, I told you so moment. But guess what? Moses is stopping short. God's not done. God's just getting started. So many times we cut God off because we see it as failure, but God sees it as the process. Come on, man. That's a good word, y'all. We think it's the end. But God's like, look, it's just started. Are you serious? We're like, see, I told you, God. I told you. And God's like, no, no, no. This isn't the end. This is the process. This is how I am bringing it to pass. If you can get to the end of yourself, you get to the beginning of me. That's what the Lord says. 
You get to the end of where you can go and that's where I begin. And then listen, lastly, this is Exodus chapter six, uh, I think like verse 12 and verse 30. (laughs) Moses says this, and I know I've said this. My own people won't listen to me. You think Pharaoh's gonna listen to me? Like my own people, my own family won't listen to me. How in the world can I get up on a Sunday? How in the world can I go to an online community and begin to tell them what the word of God says? How's it gonna make any difference in them when maybe my own family won't listen to me? (laughs) But guess what? God's not asking me that. I just have to be obedient to do what he says. And then whoever listens, listens. Moses had laid up all these excuses. And isn't it funny how all of these excuses, as good as they are, does not move God at all. None of these excuses move God. None of them. It doesn't even even register on his radar. His questions are the same. The questions that he asked of Moses... The one question he asked of Moses is the same he's asking us today. Exodus 4.2. What's in your hand? That's all he asked him. What's in your hand? What do you have? Sow bountifully, reap bountifully. And Jesus comes with another question that fits right in with it. When Jesus came to Peter, do you love me? Well, yes, Lord. No, do you love me? Yes, Lord. Do you love me? All right. Then go feed my lambs. Go do what I've called you to do. And God stays in that stream. What's in your hand? Give yourself first to the Lord and then there is grace, abundant grace for everything that's in your hand. Lord, all I have is a rod. All I've got is a stick. Well, guess what? Give it and give it cheerfully. And you know what God will do? God created miracles through the stick. God divided waters with the stick. God delivered millions with the stick. God siphoned water out of a rock with a stick. God defeated the most evil force on the earth, the Amalekites, with just a stick held out in front of him. What do you have? Every good thing in your hand becomes supernatural when you give yourself first to the Lord. See, sowing bountifully and reaping bountifully is not about your money. It's about you. It's about your life. It's about your time. It's about your possessions. It is about your heart. That whatever you have, whatever God has blessed you with, now you are a steward of what to do with that. Because when you give yourself first to the Lord, guess what? Then whatever's in your hand becomes a weapon crushing the enemy of your soul. Becomes a weapon of praise that tears down strongholds for the glory of God. So what do we need to do? We need to keep our hands out. And we need to keep them open. Because whatever comes, goes. To receive, to give. We sow with joy. And what do we do? We reap with joy. In 2 Corinthians 9, 6, and this amazing promise, he goes on to say in verse 7 that each one gives as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver, right? 
And then that amazing promise that we've already talked about, God is able to make all grace abound toward you. But then he says this in verse 10. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food. Who is that? That's God. It's all God's. Supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. There's not just fruit of the Spirit, but there's fruits of righteousness, right living. What does that mean? That means I've given myself to the Lord and whatever I have is His. Ownership is His. Stewardship is mine. And now God has provided the, the bread. He's, he's provided the supplies. He's provided all those things and now He's gonna multiply what I do with it because I'm doing something. I'm doing something with what He has given me. The promises of God cannot be separated from the purpose of God. This great and precious promise has been given to us so that we can participate in the divine nature, y'all, the divine nature, and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. You cannot serve God and mammon. So let's read it again, 2 Corinthians 9, 6. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. What's in your hand today? What's in your hand? I know probably what's in your mouth. All the excuses that Moses gave. It's in my mouth too. It's ready to come out. Lord, you don't understand. We need this and we need this and we need this. And we try to avoid that around here because there's a lot of things we quote unquote need. <laughs> but really, it's probably what we want, right? And then we have what we need. And so you know what we're doing? We may not have $20,000 cameras, but you know what we're doing? We're stewarding what God's given us. We're taking care of it. We're not going to take it off the tripod today and throw it on the floor and step on it. We're going to take care of it, right? Why? Because God's given it to us. And because he's given it to us and he's given us lights and he's given us this room, what are we doing? We're stewarding it and we're bringing it to you. We're living open-handed. We're saying, here you go, guys. God's given it to us. We're giving it to you. I may not have a lot, but what I have in Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus, be healed, <laughs> right? What's in your hand today? Think about these things. Think about all of these different things. And we're gonna make available the notes in some form or, or format to you. We're gonna make available uh, this to you so you can go back to this. I never want you to read 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 6 ever again and think only of money. When you read this promise, I want you to think about all that God has given you. And I want you to think about, man, it's all God's. But guess what? It's up to me to do something with it. I want you to think about your life. And I want you to think about your time and your abilities. And your finances, your possessions. But I also want you to think about, you've been given the mysteries of God. And today, guess what? We have opened up the mysteries to you and shared them with you. And now you have the mysteries of the kingdom from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. What are you going to do with it? It's yours now to steward, to take care of, and to share with others. So let me pray with you today. Lord, I just thank you right now. Thank you for this opportunity that, Lord, not just every week when we're online, but when we're not able to be on campus, that we have this venue that we can use. And so, Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, for anyone who is watching this right now, anyone who is hearing this, maybe from another room who's hearing this, for everyone 
that's taking this in today, if they don't know you as that provider, if they don't know you as that good father, I pray that today they would take that step. Maybe thinking there's nothing in their hand to give, but their life is a gift that they can give back to you. You gave them life, now they can give it back to you and say, Lord, my life is yours. I'm going to steward this thing well. Lord, if there are those that are, that, are, that are watching or listening today that maybe have compared themselves to other people, maybe thought, well, God, you can use them but not me. Maybe you've compared yourself with other people. Maybe you've diminished your own giftings and ability. Maybe you've felt God's call, but you ran from it. Maybe you've tried to respond, but you failed. Maybe you have given up because of past failures and feel like God cannot use you in your present condition. In the name of Jesus, I pray that all of that stinking thinking would be gone from your mind and more importantly, from your heart. That God would set you free from that today. That you would put on the mind of Christ. You would have a heart for God and the mind of Christ. And that God would shatter that bondage and it would be gone from your life. That God would move powerfully in your heart and your life today. And that today, as you walk about the rest of your day, and the days to come as you walk out your life, that you wouldn't think about sparingly. You would think about bountifully. Lord, I give you my life bountifully, without reservation. It's yours, Lord. We give when we partner with other ministries and what we have to give and we give financially, we think of bounty. Listen, I I want Orphan's Hands and, and Shreveport Volunteer Network and the Care Pregnancy Center and all these different things, the Hub, the Lovewell Center. I want them to flourish and prosper and be blessed bountifully. Therefore, I have to have that mindset. So listen, I've given you just everything I've got today. This may be a little bit different than our normal online stuff, but I wanted to give it all to you because you know what? I kind of think you can handle it. You don't need just a 12-minute soundbite. We need to dig a little bit deeper today, and you need to go back and watch this again and dig a little bit deeper. So again, 2 Corinthians 9, 6, that's our promise this week. Let's live it, let's pray it, let's declare it, let's share it, right? Because the promises of God... Yes and amen. Hey, I love you guys. Can't wait to see you again.